Hey, stranger. Did you come to watch me dig in the garden? Well, you're not gonna get vegetables here. You're gonna get stories. Strange ones. You see, vegetables and stories have a lot in common. Now, on the surface, they're pretty tame. But once you start digging down into the dark where they grow, yeah, that's when things get interesting. All the stories here just don't come out quite right. So you're gonna laugh, you're gonna cry, you're gonna feel a whole bunch of emotions you didn't plan on feeling before you showed up. So, I hope you came prepared to be entertained, because you are listening to Peculiar Turnips. Peculiar Turnips presents Strawberry Shores, written and narrated by Richard Morgan. The waves sprayed little Meredith with water that was as sugary as it was pink. She clapped her gloved hands at the sight of the ridiculously large strawberry boulders that rose above mists swarmed by seagulls. Their gray and white plumage was washed into various shades of pink by the setting sun. She was the portrait of childish wonder, but her features immediately took on a very unchildish cast as she spun on her heels. Daddy! A pear-shaped man emerged from the water, breathless. The weight of the water made his gray hair long and unkempt. It circled a scalp of speckled, sun-worn skin. He sputtered the water from his lungs. No sooner had his hearing cleared up than he heard the shrill voice of his daughter. She didn't ask him if he was okay. She didn't offer him any thanks. She had more of what she never ran out of. Demands, demands, demands. Daddy, I want a castle! The old man lay among the crashing pink surf like an exhausted elephant seal. His eyes felt like kettle weights as he lifted them towards the voice that barked at him. The omnipresent pink reflected in the whites of his eyes. It was the color of little girls and stickers and candy, but it made his eyes look roomy, suggesting an utterly spent spirit. Ugh. A, a castle? He slurred. She was spinning in circles, restless with her impatience. The landscape wasn't easy to descry through the mists of the sea. None of the nearer hills looked suited to a castle. Dark bases level with the water suggested mountains, but their peaks were obscured by the quilted patchwork of water, mist, spray, and sunset. He took a deep breath and raised a trembling hand, too tired to care if he was right or not. Well, he was right. Spires, turrets, and towers took shape against the turquoise horizon. Iridescent flags waved from every peak. Meredith was so overtaken that her maroon beret nearly toppled from her head. She jumped up and down, hands pressed to her cheeks. 
she gibbered something ecstatic and incoherent. The old man had just enough energy left to smile. His daughter was happy. He lived for these moments. But no such moment stretched past 30 seconds. In no time, she was jabbing the air with a commanding index finger. A bridge! We need a bridge! Daddy, 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 we need a bridge! Pumpkin, daddy is wiped out. How about we camp for the night or something? His vision swam. We need a bridge to go meet the prince. Do you hear me, daddy? We need a bridge right now! He was going to raise his hand again. He really was, but he blacked out. When he woke up, he had no idea if it had been minutes, hours, or days. The sun was still sinking, so it couldn't have been too long. His body wasn't happy with him. Every shred of him demanded rest. His face smacked into the rock just beneath his chin. Oh, how about that? He blacked out again. Or just a few seconds. We need a bridge, Daddy! I'm a princess and I want to meet the prince! Stop wasting time! I want to meet the prince! We need a bridge! We need a bridge! Meredith began marching in a circle, chanting, The princess needs a bridge! The princess needs a bridge! The princess needs a bridge! <sighs> okay, okay then, the, the prince, the pri princess. Sleep pulled the old man down again. This time it was extra deep. He saw his wife. She looked the way he chose to remember her. You know, when she was healthy. Before the chemo made her hair fade and fall out like autumn leaves. Before Meredith had words. She cried constantly. Inconsolable, that one was. He hoped that she would just mellow out. Maybe when she could talk, he stood a better chance of giving her what she wanted. Heh. <laughs> Meredith wailed tirelessly the night that he held his wife close, felt her breathing slower and slower. It wasn't like the movies where a bell pealed at the last breath. His wife's passing was marked with the crying of their daughter. The phantom looked him in the eyes and smiled. It was that gently crooked smile that he had memorized a little more each time he saw it. She slapped him. He woke up to Meredith kicking him in the face as the wave swept back and forth under his cheek. I said we need a bridge. I want to meet the prince. Her voice was at that point when she could have been a fat old drug lord bellowing with a cigar in one hand and a glass of whiskey in the other. Raspy. Scratchy full of endless wrath and frustrated authority. He rolled onto his back and breathed in rhythm. One. Two. Three. He raised his hand. A bridge assembled itself. Trees tore themselves out of the earth and were shaved down by some phantom force into planks by the time they lay next to each other. 
tightly wound hemp supported the path across the vast waves and deadly pointed rocks below. The pulse of the ocean wind rippled through the length of the bridge. Meredith raced across as fast as her small legs would carry her. The closer the strawberry castle loomed, the more majestic it was. It was like a gingerbread house on steroids. Conical towers of pastel pink whipped cream, topped with cherries. Powerful, erect towers of chocolate bricks. The drawbridge was lowered, held fast by chain-link licorice. But a portcullis blocked her progress, and getting past it was beyond her. Which meant only one thing. She scooted back to her father. Daddy, I need inside. I want to meet the prince. There is no prince. Meredith was appalled. There has to be a prince. Pumpkin, you're only eight years old. You're too young for a prince. No, I'm not. Besides, princes can't be made. They have to be found. Meredith began tearing at her long, dark locks. If you can make a castle, you can make a prince. He had just enough strength to shake his head. Funny. He could vaguely picture himself as he used to look. When he first met her mother, well, what a difference the years made. He could shake his head then, and it would be a thing of beauty, like a horse shaking its mane. Not like then, when his head was like a flabby pear, and shaking it meant sending ripples through so many extra inches of gelatinous flab that was half a second behind the movement of the bones beneath. Pumpkin, honey, the door to the heart opens from the inside. I can't just conjure up a prince for you that will give you the love you need. You'll have to find one. When you're ready. You're off to a good start here with the castle and, and the gorgeous world. If you can just hang on while I get some rest for Christ's sake. She lifted her little foot and drove her black glossy shoe into her father's face. Each strike was like frames in a stop-motion film. The first few frames could have been comical, from a lost Three Stooges flick. But then he had a bloody nose. The crimson, strawberry trickle became a fountain. The fruity, sweet aroma of the air became tainted with the sharp stink of iron. She stomped her father's face over and over until he folded his arms over his head in self-defense and rolled off the bridge. He struck the water with meteor force. And you know what? She laughed. Only for a few seconds. Then she noticed that the bridge was collapsing. She fled towards the castle. She wasn't a moment too soon as the entire length of the bridge fell into the misty waves far below. Somehow the movement of the bridge had moved to the castle. Was it shaking? It must have been a good thing. 
because the portcullis became crooked in its frame, which allowed Meredith to slip inside. Her delight shot up to narcotic proportions. Each window was sealed with stained glass that was so gorgeous it hurt to look. Her little heart beat faster and faster. The prince had to be here. He had to be. A prince that ate candy all day, that would share his candy. Oh, he would be lots of fun. She could call him names and he would never get mad. They would spend their days eating ice cream and playing games with each other and playing pranks on the servants. She found the throne room. It was decked to the nines in luxurious fabrics and mind-bending embroidery. But there was no prince. There weren't even any servants. The fires were alive in the kitchen. Carcasses of hogs had apples in their mouths. Plucked chickens and geese and ducks hung from lintels. Fresh herbs also hung in clusters and clumps. But there was no prince. No help. She stomped her way back to the bridge, or rather, where the bridge had been. She screamed for her daddy to fix everything. But he wasn't there to answer. The sun set further, the pink deepening to red. Well, you weren't planning on digging up something like that, were you? Yeah, me neither. So what did you think of your little visit to the garden today? Well, if you liked what you heard, there's going to be plenty more where that came from. But in the meantime, if where you get your podcasts will allow it, please give me a like, a subscribe, a comment, any other kind of feedback. It would be much appreciated. Let me know how well the show is performing and what I might need to do. Anyway, I'll see you next time for another episode of Peculiar Turnips. Oh, you can also catch up with other things that I'm doing at richardmorganwrites.com. Thank you, and I'll see you again.